Thank you for choosing to connect with North Collins Wesleyan Church. We are a church of all ages that is passionate about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our congregation enjoys worship, fellowship, discipleship, and community outreach. Our worship services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. found in North Collins, New York. The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Justin Leininger. Again, thank you for joining with us, and we hope you enjoy. As we come into 2020, I find myself with a strong thought, a compelling question that I believe many of us are facing in one way, shape, or form right now. How do I make the most of this year? 2020, how do I make the most of this year? And I look at that from some different sides. How do I, how do I live better? How can I be better? How can I make the most of my life? How do I make the biggest impact, and that could be in a lot of different places, and so it may be for you, but with my life, with my influence as a, as a parent in church, in the community, how do I make the biggest impact with this year? We do this a lot for ourselves. We do this pretty often at New Year's, and I believe at times it can be frustrating because we doubt so very easily what we can accomplish when we come into these new years and we have resolutions and we have these moments. It's easy to doubt what can happen. And in fact, more often than not, it can just be discouraging because we can make a change and it can last till about January 20th, right? And somewhere in there and then it starts to go south and things return to normal. And that can be discouraging. But I'll be honest, I take this and I think we take this seriously. And I'll be honest with you. So I don't think I'm old yet. I don't think I'm old yet. But I'm old enough to know that I want to make the most of each and every year. I want them to count. We want to help you with that as well. How can you make the most of this year? In your walk with God, in the opportunities before you, in your pursuit of joy, of hope, of love, of peace, how can you make the most of this year? Now, as we get older, and again, I'm not saying I'm old. I'm not, that's not what I'm hinting at. But as we get older, we seem to value each year a little bit more and more. With age, it seems that each year passes a little quicker. And at the same time, we recognize that we only have so many years left. And furthermore, fewer and fewer with the same health and abilities that we once had. And I know what you're thinking. I'm not saying I'm old, but I recognize that really well right now. I've hit that point where that, that whole idea of, of maybe I've got a lot of years left, but the same years with the same health and ability, that is disappearing and I am feeling that. Now, what does that mean for us? In my pursuit of this question, I was led to a quote that was shared by a YouTuber named Casey Neistat, someone I at times identify with because he's in his late 30s and he recognizes that he is getting older. Not old, stop pressuring me with that, but not old, but he is getting older. And, and that is something that I felt far too often recently. I'm not old, right? I'm not, I'm not, I know that, but at 36 or 37 or 38, whatever age that I am, I guess I know enough now to say that I'm not young either. I'm not young either. But I was led to this quote, a quote that I think has some value. It has a lot of value for me as I think about it, and so I'll share it with you. But first, let's hear it from its source, the incredibly wise Ferris Bueller. Let's hear it from him. You can check out the screen and this 15-second clip.
said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop to look around once in a while. You could miss it. I'm going to be honest, I almost didn't use that clip only because the music didn't continue where it goes, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that's the whole thing, but that's, that's okay. That's okay. Here's the quote again. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. What I recognize is that when I think about that a little bit, and as I find myself in this spot where maybe I'm not old, I don't know what I am, but I know this, there have been some moments that I have missed. Life has moved pretty fast, and there have been moments that have slipped by like that. And as I come into this new year, it's one of the things that I really don't want to happen. I don't want to miss it. When it comes to advice for 2020, advice for making a change, one of the reoccurring themes that we find is to remember to make the most of every single moment before us. And that is good advice. And actually, it's pretty Christian, godly, biblical advice to make the most of this moment, to live in the now, to remember that your past is gone and it's okay, to recognize that God has your future taken care of and we should not worry about that, but to recognize our job is to be right here, right now, and to make the most of this moment. Now, the hard thing for us is, is how do we do that? Because I can say that and we can say that, but it is easier said than done. How do we make the most of each moment? We find the answer to that in some of Paul's advice that he gives us in Scripture. In his letter to the people of Ephesus, we find him talking about how we should live as a Christian. And so today, we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to chapter 5, verse 2. It's found on page 1,158 in your pew chair Bibles. If you want to look there, you don't have to, but you can. I'm going to read it to you. Page 1,158. This passage gives us words from Paul to the Christians living in a place called Ephesus. And may his words here of direction to them be meaningful to us as we seek to make the most of every moment of our lives and this year. So this is what Paul has to say, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to chapter 5, verse 2. He says this, Paul says, So I tell you this, and insist and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitudes of your minds." And to put on the new self created to be like God in true relationship, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbors, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. 
Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ and Christ God forgave you. Chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. One of the practices I try to hold is that when I read a piece of scripture, I look for words or moments that stand out to me. This passage of scripture has a whole lot in it, and the truth is you could preach 75 different messages from this passage and go in a lot of different directions. There's a whole lot of value and meaning in this passage of scripture, and so I try to look for the things that stand out to me initially. When I look at this passage, one of the things that stands out to me right away is that just kind of hits me over the back of the head. It's, it's, it's bright right in front of me is the use of this word futility. Because I don't know about you, but I don't say a whole lot of things are futile. I don't say futility all that often. And so when I see that word, for some reason, it just jumps out to me. Futile, futility. Something that is completely pointless or purposeless. How often do our New Year's goals and resolutions seem futile, right? They just seem futile. Here are some of the more popular New Year's resolutions. To exercise, travel, or read more. To lose weight, to be organized, to save more money, to spend less money, to quit smoking, to spend more time with family. Now, does any of that seem futile to you. Some of those things that you have tried, and maybe you've tried them year after year after year, and they seem, they seem futile. It seems like it's an effort in futility, like our efforts, they have no point, no purpose. Things can feel futile, right? At times, it seems like there is no hope. Like when I ask my boys to quiet down, there's something there's something very futile in that moment. It's like, why am I even wasting my breath to say this? In fact, it just makes me feel like a bad parent because I say, hey, calm down in there, like quiet down. And it, does that happen? No, it does not happen. Do they hear my voice? I'm not sure they even hear me or recognize what's happening. But so it's just very futile. And sometimes that's, that's how life feels. Like there's no hope of us making a change, making a step, doing something differently. The scripture tells us that the world outside of following Jesus is futile. Why is that? Because it has no point or purpose. The world around us, it gets lost in its indulgences and in its greed. That's what this passage tells us, because it has nothing quality to direct it. And so its actions in many ways are futile. But when we follow, when we decide to follow Jesus Christ, we cast off that old way of thinking. And as scripture says here, we put on our new self. We have a new way of thinking and living because we have purpose and our lives have a point. We have Jesus Christ. And so futility is gone. To make the most of each moment in life, to give it purpose and a point, to drive away futility, we must be, and I encourage you to remember these things, we must be directional and we must be intentional. 
I do encourage you, if you take notes, if they're in your mind, if they're on paper, or if they're on your phone or tablet or whatever, I encourage you to remind yourself of those things. For the sake of your 2020, as a Christian, as a person, with spiritual, emotional, personal, physical goals, whatever they are, be directional and be intentional. Be directional, be intentional. This past year, 2019, I spent a lot of time running. More than any year of my life, I spent a lot of time running. In fact, it was one of my resolutions from last year. I wanted to do something that I had never done before. In high school, I ran cross country. I've run a lot of 5Ks, but, but not much more than that. And so I wanted a new challenge. And in truth, to be honest, I just wanted to be more fit. I think that's something most of us can recognize. I just wanted to be more fit. But I knew I couldn't just say as a resolution, be more fit. Hey, just be more fit. Just run more. Do that. Because I knew that that wouldn't work. I needed direction to make that happen. So I decided to do something I've never done before and run a half marathon. I needed a new challenge. And 13.1 miles in one shot seemed like a good challenge. That was more than I'd ever run in my life in one run. And so this seemed like something good. Yes, it was scary, but I found a running plan that broke things down into steps and I tried it. What I learned is direction works. This year, 2019, I ran four half marathons. Bigger still, in 2018, as a person who, who sort of likes to run, I don't know if you really like to run, but sort of likes the results of running, in 2018, I ran over 200 miles and I thought that was pretty good. In 2019, I ran exactly because I tracked it 648.1 miles. Direction works. Direction works. But so does intention. Four half marathons may not give me a ton of experience to speak in kinds of all kinds of crazy things to give you any advice on running. I don't have any of that. But I learned this. When I am intentional with those runs, it matters and it makes a difference. Two of those races felt great and were fantastic experiences. Two of them felt, eh, they happened, and I finished, and that's kind of cool in its own way, but that's about all that I can say. Two great races. The two great races, I'll be honest with you, I didn't just run in preparation. I dieted, I fasted, I bought new shoes. I was fully, fully intentional, and the times were 13 to 18 minutes faster than those other runs. Being directional and being intentional, it matters. In your life, be honest. Is there direction? In your life, is there intention? In this passage, we are reminded of our main direction. We have many different directions in life. And, and I think that's okay for us all in the new year to say, like, I've got these different directions, there are different goals that I want to be and be directional. But we recognize that Paul here, he's talking about our biggest direction, right? Our biggest direction. And that direction he lays out very clearly, it is to be like God. To be like God. And then Paul spends the whole rest of this passage giving us a look. And it's just a look because he's trying to connect with as many people as possible. But he gives us a look on how to be intentional in being like God. He says to be truthful, forgiving, honest, hardworking. 
to watch how we use our mouths to be kind and compassionate and most importantly, to love. Know your direction and then be intentional. I know that that can be hard. We come into a new year and we want to live better, but often the effort seems futile for us, right? I want you to know and I want you to hear this, and if you hear nothing else from this morning, please hear this. I want you to know that it is not futile. Be directional and be intentional, and you can accomplish your goals. Let me say that again. Be directional and be intentional, and you can accomplish your goals. You are someone of value and of worth. You are created in God's image. You matter, and you are of value and are important in this world. You have the ability in you. You have the ability in you. There is hope. Know and believe in your future. Know and believe in your future. I know for many of us, those goals, that better us that we're looking for, it's why you're here this morning. It's, it is to be better or different in your walk with God, in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You want more from that. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes that connection, that vibrancy, right, in our relationship with God, that connection, it just doesn't always seem to be there, right? Maybe you're the perfect Christian, but I'll tell you I'm not. And I can tell you there are moments in my life where that connection, that vibrancy, it's just not what I wish it, it was, right? It's not what I, I wish it could be. And, and I recognize that. And I would encourage you, though, in that to recognize that you have an opportunity this year while there are those moments that are tough, you have an opportunity to be directional and intentional with your walk with God. And I would encourage you, don't drift through life. Don't allow your relationship with God just to linger and to pass you by. If you want more of God, if you want to be like Jesus, set your direction on him. And then go be intentional on connecting with him and being more like him. Other people, often people, sorry, often people make spiritual goals in a new year, and that is a good and great thing. I've done these before where I say, I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to read through the whole Bible in a year. I'm going to pray more often. I'm going to pray three times a day, and those are great ideas, but I encourage us to recognize that those are not directions, right? The direction for us is to know God, to be like him. Set your direction, and then be intentional on whatever you need to be to get in that direction. And yes, that might mean prayer or scripture reading or attending church more often, but futility is defeated when there is first direction and then intention. Now, I want to make a little pastor's note here because There's something in my mind as this has gone through my brain, and I'll be honest, I'm working through this, and so maybe my thoughts aren't completely 100% clearly developed in that, and that's that's okay. And I hope that you ask yourself questions and and you are honest with yourself in this and ask yourself, how am I being directional or intentional and and what's the best for me? But I, I recognize this. In the things that I have succeeded the most with, those are the things that I have been hugely specific in my direction. 
to say, I need this. It's one of the reasons why I decided to run a half marathon because I knew I had to make it clear. I set a date, I registered for the run, I paid lots of money, I did all those things because it's too late, like now I have to do this, right? And I recognize that the more directional I get, the more I push to that moment, the easier it is for me to be intentional, to set those goal markers and to go forward. I think the same is true for us to, with our walk with God. I understand the big picture of saying, I want to I know God more. But I recognize that even in that, we can, and I think it would be of value to us, to be even more directional in that. Don't just say, I want to know God more. I would encourage us all to say, this is the part of God that I want to be more. So for me, for example, I recognize there are, there's a person or there are people in my life that I don't love enough, that I recognize I harbor hurtful feelings for, for either something they did for me, that I need to offer forgiveness, but that is there. But I recognize that in knowing and being like God, he does love them. He loves them fully and he wants the best for them. So my goal is not just to know God. My goal is to love those people like I know that God does. Set my goal as clearly as possible and now be as intentional as I can be in reaching that goal. I encourage you to set real goals. Things like, I want to forgive like God does. I want to listen like God does. I want to be more present like God is. I want to encourage like God does and be as specific as you can. And then intentionally seek it. That is life change, and it can happen. It can happen. Not just because we're directional and intentional, but because the Holy Spirit is alive, working inside us. It can happen. I do think it is important for us to take a moment and think about this as those of us who are parents, guardians, or in some way influence other people, young people or other people in our lives. And to ask ourselves, are we directional and intentional with our children? Do I have a direction for my child or for my children? This is important to me as a parent. Am I directional? And maybe the better question for me is, am I directional with the things that actually matter? Am I directional with the things that actually matter? We get really directional. I get really directional with my children's school, with their future careers, with those kinds of things. I can get really directional in a parent-teacher conference, right? Like, I can get super micromanagingly directional in those moments and with their future careers, with their skills, and with their hobbies. And, and I can get super directional with all of those things that they're going to be, right? And, and probably too directional because in the end, I have to recognize that I want my kids to be what they want to be and to like what they want to like, and sometimes that doesn't match up to the things that I want to be directional about them for, but I have to be careful. But I also recognize this. There are a lot of people who are helping my children in many of those directions, teachers and coaches and the like. When it comes to my kids' schooling, there are a lot of people invested in them, and, and that is probably good because I'm not always that best person to, to set that course for their lives. In math and English, 
I'm not that person. I still don't know why I'm helping them learn to make 10. I don't know what that means. I don't know its purpose. I don't know why that's happening and why seven plus eight can't just be 15 and why I, they can't just learn it as 15 and they have to like make 10. And I don't know that and it's okay. And, and there are things that I probably shouldn't be super directional with them for. But here's the thing. We worry about those directions, don't we? We micromanage those directions, their future, their hockey practices, their all of those things we, we get so involved and invested in. But I have to wonder, are we setting the direction and being intentional about the most important thing? I have to ask myself this all the time. Who is worried about my children's heart? Who in this world is worried about my children's heart if not me. If not me. Yes, I want my children to be intelligent. I want them to be confident. I want them to be athletic. I want them to be creative. But more than any of that, I want them to love God and to love others. Never doubt that our priority is to set the direction for their heart and to be intentional in its guidance. There are so many skilled, qualified, and gifted, but lost people in our world. Many of us who are loosely connected to church, we have incredible kids who don't know Jesus Christ and don't know the meaning and the value of love. They don't know that they are loved, and they don't know that their number one responsibility in this world is to love. I recognize that the other is true, and this is the thing I guard for my own children because my kids have been in church a lot. I recognize that there are so many Christian kids brought up in church. They are knowledgeable, they are dedicated, they are trustworthy, but because of this Christian atmosphere that we often have, they are also judgmental, harsh, unforgiving, at times self-righteous. I recognize that I may be, you may be, the only person who is caring about the state of your child's heart. I encourage you, set the direction and be intentional to guide their hearts. So what do we know from all of this? I would encourage you in this. With God, there is always hope for our future. There is hope that we can change and grow to live better lives. The Holy Spirit is in us, changing us and growing us. Futility is gone from our lives. I encourage you to know that hope for your future, for that person that you dream of yourself becoming, that is real. What we control, what we have control over is right now. Remember what scripture tells us, our old self is gone, and further, that we should leave tomorrow and its worries in God's hands. We are not you are not defined by the past or the future. You are defined by what you choose to do, who you choose to be right now. That is how you are defined. And finally, we have the opportunity to be directional and intentional. I encourage you to have goals, have direction, and be intentional with your actions right now to move toward those goals. And don't lose sight of this moment you have before you. As someone once said, who I don't know if we call wise or not, he said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it.
In closing, I would say this. I'm the kind of person that I am always trying to improve myself, and I, I think that most of us are. In our pursuit of that, we are so often told what that should look like. Our culture, our media, our world has this picture of what we should look like, and it's pretty much impossible to attain, but it is there for us. That doesn't feel right to me. Even in the Christian world, we do this, don't we? We paint a picture of what a Christian should be, and, and it seems like we set this standard that none of us can ever measure up to. We often in the Christian world, right, we talk about that we have this need for a spouse and then we have this need for this perfect family and and then this need for this perfect picture of life, of blessing that has to be there if we're right with God and that doesn't sit well with me. I've heard pastors give advice. I've heard pastors give dating advice and I've probably done that as well. In fact, I've heard myself quote this line and it's never sat right with me, but I've said it anyways because others have said it. I've heard things like, be the person that the person you want to date wants to date, right? We, we say those things and we put them out there and, and while that may be good dating advice, it feels wrong with me for two reasons. Up front, it says, don't be you. Be the person someone else wants you to be. And I don't like that at all. And undercover, it says, to be complete, you need someone else in your life. And that's completely wrong, too. Neither of those feel right. This is what I know. I want to be a better me. And I know that the truth of that is found in Jesus Christ. And that brings us to this simple goal that I encourage you as you look at 2020 to be intentional and directional as much as you can. I find it that my life, who I am, who I want to be is found in Jesus Christ. And so that means my goal should be one thing. Just seek to be closer to God. To be a better you, find out who God wants you to be. So very simply, find God. Be directional, be intentional. Seek God out in your life. Father in heaven, God above, God in my life, I know that there are areas that, areas God that I I should work on, areas God where I know that you are calling me to more, where you have more for me. And so God, I ask that you would be with me as I seek to, to do more for you, to make more of every moment, to influence those who I can, my children and those around me, and to be intentional in that. So God, I ask that you would just impress upon my heart the areas that I should be directional. And God, for each and every one of us here, may we zero in. May we be as directional as we possibly can. And then God, may we set goals, may we be intentional in taking steps forward into that. God, for each and every one of us, we recognize that, yes, we have a past and And yes, there is a future, but God, what matters for us, what defines us right now is what we do right now, right here for you. Let us recognize that there is hope in that and there is purpose in that. And so God, may we take steps forward. Be intentional for you, God. God, I ask for your blessing on each and every one of our lives as we seek to make the most of this year. God, for anybody who in their heart there, they're just dealing with difficult moments, things in their family, in their friendships, in their life, things that have placed burdens and stress on their shoulder, God, give them hope for the future. Let them know that it is not futile, that there is hope for their relationships, that there is so much hope for their children and their loved ones, 
And God, fill them with the truth that they are valuable and they have purpose. Bless us in that truth, God, and lift our hearts to you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.